Hey everybody, welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. My name is Pastor Jonathan. I pray that if you have found yourself today listening to this message, that you may be encouraged, that it may bless you, and that it may sow a seed that you reap a harvest of faith. You know, faith that walks on water isn't just the fact of having faith because you can walk on the water in Christ. It is more about understanding that when Peter asked God, when he asked him to, if he could walk on water, he asked for permission and he believed. And the entire time that Peter had his eyes focused on Jesus Christ was a time that Peter was able to walk on water. But many of us will marvel and we'll say, you know, that was awesome that he was able to walk on water. And, and, and I thought that's great. And man, what a great man of God. But it wasn't that. Peter's focus wasn't actually walking on water. He wasn't trying to walk on water just because he wanted to look good. He, the entire time that he walked on the water, before he started sinking, he had his eyes on Jesus Christ. Where do you have your eyesight? Where is your vision located? Are you, are you watching God? Are you focusing on God? Do you have your eyes and your mindset on God? Or are you worried about the wind and life's influences? Are you worried about how deep the water looks below you? And, and you're not focusing on God. And let me just encourage you that the only way you're going to walk on the water, the only way you're going to have that faith that walks on water is when your eyes are completely on the Lord. And when they're on the Lord, God can do the impossible and will do the impossible things in your life. Expect those blessings to come because God is a faithful God and those who seek will find him. I pray that this week's message may bless you. As always, please share it with somebody that you know needs it. Somebody out there needs to hear this word as well as you. And I pray that you continue to listen. And don't forget to subscribe to our Facebook page at CO Jubilee. Or, and also you can uh, favorite this and like this post so that you stay up to date with all the new podcasts. God bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan. Have a blessed week. Hallelujah, Jesus. The book of Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 14 verses 22 through 32. So bear with me. There's some scripture we are going to be reading. But I pray that you, um, you receive what God has for you today. I believe I, I came ready. I came ready to be the messenger that God has said. I need a word to get to the people. And I need a preacher. Hey man, I need someone that can bring forth the word. That is humble enough to know that it's nothing but my voice in him. And I said, God, let me be that man. Amen. And I believe God is going to deliver that today. The book of Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. When you have it, give me a great amen. amen. Praise God. You're on it today. I love it. Let's read the word of God, what it says. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went upon a mountain by himself to pray. Everybody say pray. Now when the evening came, he was there alone. He was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. Which means the wind was blowing and it was against. Verse 25 says, now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples walking, saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear, for fear. But verse 27 says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, 
command me to come to you on the water. So we said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, which means it was blowing and it was hard, he, he was afraid and, the, and he began to sink. And he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. You may have your seats giving glory to God. I've entitled today's message, Faith That Walks on Water. I said faith that walks on water. Hallelujah. Now when I say faith that walks on water, I'm not saying that you literally have to go and walk on water um, at this point and you have to be in a situation where you're going to go to the next, you're going to go to the lake, whether it's Elephant Buttes or wherever you want to go, and you say, hey, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to walk on water. It's not like that. But I, many of us marvel at the thought of walking on water and we think to ourselves, wow, I mean, I want you to think about that for a moment. It it's completely defies everything that we know. Everything that we know to be true in physics and to be true of everything that we think about, you cannot just go and walk on water. It doesn't exist. Amen? You can't just get up there and walk on water. You can't just go into a pond and, and, and start walking on the pond and, and be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk and I'm not going to sink. Just the, the, the effects and the force of gravity is going to pull you into the water. Amen? But it satisfies our flesh uh, and it's, an a dip, it's a dip into the God's supernatural world. And it provides us with a sense of amazing because it tells us that with God, something happened, something occurred that was supernatural. It wasn't the norm, hallelujah. It wasn't something that was a part of what you do every day. It was something supernatural. And it only happened because there was a God involved and his name was Jesus Christ. And when, he's, when, when, when they said, when the apostle, when, when Peter said, God, can I come to you? He said, come. Okay, you with me on that? I'm going to go into detail what I'm talking about. You know, here's what I want to stress a point at the very beginning, is that many of us think that the issue is walking on water, and we think, wow, it's the walking on water that was amazing. But in reality, it was Peter's faith that got God's attention. It was Peter's faith that was willing to say, you know, I can't do this on my own, but if I pray to a God and I ask for God to step in and to intervene on this, God will allow it. Hallelujah. So he says, God, can I come to you? And God says, come. So when he takes that step, it's the step of faith that Peter starts taking that is the amazing part of the word. Amen. It was the faith-based eyes that Peter laid on God that set the atmosphere for Peter's greatest walk. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you and I, but I can tell you one thing. I've never walked on water. And I can't tell you that if God was with me and I was Peter, I would have said, God, are you sure? Like, do I have to walk on water? Am I going to walk ten foot steps? Do I need to walk five? Do I need to, you know, kind of just take it, go slowly? Do I walk fast? I would be going crazy with questions. Asking God, instead of just being like, I'm just going to take a step and I'm going to take that walk. Amen. Many of you and I can relate to that, right? We like to question. We like to understand what's happening before we step into it. It's just human nature. Our minds want to understand and comprehend before we go through what we need to go through. That's just the way it is. But he wants to take your life 
And the Lord wants to do something special. And that's what I want you to realize today, that it is no coincidence that you stand or you sit here today and that you are listening to this word. Because believe it or not, God has word for you. He has a purpose for you and he wants to fulfill his purpose in you. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? So we start, we might notice by, first of all, it's faith that, he, that Peter has that he asks in prayer. You know, I believe that we must ask ourselves if God truly, okay, had 11 other disciples. If he had 11 other people, why was Peter chosen? Think about that. Why not choose anyone else? Why did it have to be Peter? What was it about Peter, about his character, about the way he believed that gave him the ability to say, God, can you permit me to come to you? Something that is impossible, God said, is, it's possible with me. A little bit about Peter's character in case you don't know. Uh, Peter was always the quick one to volunteer and speak out. Listen, how many of you are in that situation where you speak too much or you say things too fast? Or, or, or you had, you're known for like being that voice that... You know, you speak before you think sometimes. And then you're like, oh, why did I say that? Well, that was like Peter. Don't feel bad, okay? Because Peter was very similar. He was bold, but yet he was very sometimes too quick to the punch. And it'd get him in trouble, okay? It'd get him in some trouble. And, but, but Peter's faith was based off of the word. The word in the Matthew 7, 7, 8, 7 through 8, where it says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Amen? And then it says, for everyone who receives, who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, Peter understood that. And Peter said, well, while the 11 over here are all running scared, and, and they're all worried about what's happening, you know, I'm going to ask God, I'm going to ask him by faith, because I know that if I ask him, he will grant me what I'm asking. Do you have something in life today that has grabbed you, that has just got your attention, and you need a God today? You've been asking God for something. You've been saying, God, I need you to come forward in my life. God, I got a miracle I need you to work in. God, I need to be delivered in this sense, God. God, I have a problem in my life that I need you to take care of. Do I have anybody today that knows what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. I'm here to share with you that the word of God will not return void. If you ask the word of God says, you shall receive. If you seek him, you will find him. If you knock on his door, he will open it. Amen? But Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything. If there has been anything in my life that I've really understood in my business life especially, is that it's hard not to get anxious. It's hard not to, to get a little rushed and think, man, God, where are you in this situation? And, and we get anxious and we get anxiety and and, and, you know, but we find out that in Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Did you catch it? But in every situation, prayer, petition, asking God. And then what does it say? And thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. I believe that the Lord honored Peter's request because Peter took a step out by faith. Peter had enough faith to say, you know, I'm going to be crazy to the apostles. They're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to ask God if I can come to him 
And he wasn't worried about, I'm going to look all good in front of the, you know, I'm going to look all good in front of everybody by walking on the water. That wasn't Peter's concern. Peter's eyes were fixed on Jesus. Peter's eyes were fixed on the God that was before him. And let me just share with you that when your eyes are focused on God, things begin to happen that you don't expect. And there are unexpected blessings that come into your life. And there's supernatural things that God says, I can do in your life. But you got to come to God. you got to seek him. you got to ask him. you got to have a moment with him and say, God, do you allow me to come to you? Hallelujah. But only when your eyes are focused on him. You notice that the first thing that Peter asked is, Lord, if it is you, if it is your will, God, if I don't want to do anything on my own, God, if this is you, if I truly, if you truly are the Messiah, the true almighty God, if, if, if this is your will, if, if I can come to you, Lord, if it be you, God, if you're getting the point, I'm stressing it to you because I want you to know that the first thing Peter did, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to do it. He said, if it is you, if you can, if you can bless this decision that I'm about to make, God, then let it be. Amen? Peter's first step was to make sure that he was approved by God. To make sure that whatever he was asking was with the Lord's permission. How many times do we have in life where we step out of the Lord's permission because we think we know better than God? Let me, let me stop there for just a moment. Sometimes we get ourselves in a mess because we rush God's hand, right? Because we want it so, so much that we say, I know this is God and I'm going to step into this. But we don't, we don't ask God and say, God, if it is your will, God, if you would allow this to happen, God, if you would just, you know, give me your blessing here. What did the Lord say before he went, went to be crucified? What was the first thing that he said? Lord, if it be thy will. What did he say to God? He was praying. He was praying and saying, if this is still your will, let it be done according to your will. He didn't say, I'm going to do it on my own. He says, he, his first thing was thinking, if it is your will, can we get into the moment with God that we can start, instead of making decisions for ourselves, we can start asking him, God, if this is your will, let it be. If it isn't, praise God. It's not going to happen. I don't have to worry about it because I know it wasn't God's will. Peter was seeking the Lord's will rather than his own will. And let me tell you something, that obedience through faith to ask and then wait is what God requires from us. Think about what I just said. When you ask, it's not just saying, I'm going to ask and I'm going to get an immediate response. Sometimes the answers don't come as fast as you like them to come. But they will come just in the right moment. Hallelujah. And God wants you to know today that obedience is what he seeks in the children of God. Obedience is better than a sacrifice, the word of God says. So when you, when you ask God, be obedient to listen to God. To wait on God. To wait until you see what you're asking for, if it aligns with God's will. I said, if it aligns with God's will. Because the faith that seeks out God's will for our life is the type of faith that will allow you to remove a, mo a mountain, to remove obstacles in your life. It will allow you to deal with the problems you have. It will allow you to experience some of the deliverance that you need in your life. Hallelujah. And it will allow you to be healed in the name of Jesus and to reach that level. Because when you seek God, you'll find him. But it has to be asked with obedience. 
and approved to the Lord Almighty God. Remember, and I want to share this with you, that having faith is not a tool to achieve our own agenda. Okay, you can't be all like, God, one day I have faith that I'm going to win the lottery. <laughs> and when I win the lottery, I'm going to give to the church. And I'm going to get, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Because the moment money comes in, you become a different person. Faith is not a tool to achieve our own agenda. We can't use faith in God's mercy as our own little personal weapon that we want to fire when we're ready. We have to know that God's faith, true faith that comes from the Lord, is faith that believes in God until it happens. But it's not to achieve our own agenda. It's so that we can honor and please God. Amen? Hallelujah. Speaking from true experience, you know, there is a faith that I say that waits upon the Lord. And I've been speaking about that. And this is how this has to be has to be one of the hardest points that I can tell you as, as, a, as a young man, as a Christian, as a, as a pastor, is waiting on God. Man, I got to tell you, that is probably the hardest thing to do is to wait on God. Because we're used to a world where there's instant noodles, right, microwaves, instant everything. I mean, instant everything. I mean, man, instant pictures, instant uh, connections, instant everything is like Quick, quick, fast food, quick, fast food, it's instant. You get your food, you don't have to cook it, someone else did it for you. What is this world? It's all about instantaneously result, instantaneous results, right? It's all about having these kind of results that are always happening. But waiting upon the Lord sometimes doesn't yield those results. Sometimes you have to wait just a little bit. Sometimes God is looking at you and saying, how much are you willing to still believe in me? When you've been praying six months down the road and it still hasn't happened yet, are you still willing to believe that I can do it? Hallelujah. Because when you start focusing on God and not everything around like the waves and all that, you begin to understand that, you know what, God, I know you're going to come through. Hallelujah. You know, I've been praying for healing and I know someone needs healing out there and God says, I will heal you. But you got to keep praying until the healing comes, hallelujah. Because if it has not come yet, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You with me? Hallelujah. You have to understand that there's a faith that waits upon the Lord. After Peter asked, he waited for the Lord to respond. He didn't say, God, let me come to you. And then goes, he didn't do that. He said, God, he said, Lord, if it is you. Allow me to come to you. And then we hear, come. And then Peter takes a step. Did you catch that? We have to wait for the blessing of God. We have to wait for the permission of God. We have to seek it. You know, Peter didn't force himself on God's answer and say, well, God, can I come to you? I'm going to take off anyways. I know you're going to save me because I'm one of your disciples. So if I take that step, I know you're going to pull me out of the water either way. That's, not, that's, that's putting God to the test. That's like saying, God, I'm going to jump off the bridge, and I know that I'm your child. So if I jump off the bridge, you're going to capture me. You're going to save me. Are you not testing God? Are you not testing God in that moment? Amen? You notice that Peter didn't do that. He asked. He waited. Got the confirmation that God said, come. And then he said, now I'm going to walk. You have to remember that because life can be very tricky. Life can make you think that, hey, you know what, just do it anyways. 
It's okay. God's got you. God, he's going to take care of you. Did not God say that he's going to watch over you, protect you, that you not have angels that minister to you? You know, you can easily fall into that and take all these steps that God didn't ordain. And then before you know, you're looking around saying, like, where in the world am I? Amen? Give the Lord a round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith that walks on water. Hallelujah. But we, I've been talking about this instantaneous uh, kind of result. Hallelujah. And, and it's similar to sometimes when you pray for somebody and you're praying, you're like, God, please touch their hearts. And, and you know, and, and maybe you don't see the result right then and there. Maybe you don't see that the inside of what's happening. So you think, man, I don't even think, I don't think God touched their heart. Did God touch them really? Or I was praying for it and all that. Faith that waits upon the Lord knows that, hallelujah, that it's going to happen. And we love to hear about all the action. We love to have the excitement of taking leaps of faith. We love to hear the messages that come from preachers such as myself. And we'll say, take that step of faith. Walk on water. Do great things. Hallelujah. But I'm here to give you a different perspective. Hallelujah. Because I want you to know that it's not about the whole walking on water. It's about the faith that you have when you come to God. Because your faith will carry you through your struggle. Hallelujah. I said your faith will carry you through your struggle. It will carry you through your trial. Your faith will get you through the healing process hallelujah your faith will encourage you it will motivate you and just when you're about to give up your faith steps in God puts out his hand and he says come on with me back hallelujah but we love to hear about the great the great wonderful walking on water because it suits our busy our voice culture our modern personality but the waiting aspect of faith that is taught in the passage is that we have to depend on God and wait for his message. Wait for his answer. He will answer you. Can I be real with somebody today? You've been praying for something so long. You've been asking God for something. And maybe you haven't seen any yield results yet. And you've asked yourself many times, God, are, are you really listening? I'm praying for this, God. I've been praying for this, God. I've been asking you, God. I've been on my knees, God. I've cried some tears, God. And I haven't seen the results, God. And God says, how much longer are you waiting to wait for me? Because just when you're about to give up, I'm going to step in. And just when you're about to take your step, I'll give you the approval. You take your step. Keep your eyes focused on me. And you'll walk, Hallelujah. There's a lot of faith out there that's being taught, and it teaches us to take those steps, and sometimes those steps are not ordered by God. Sometimes those steps are what we require, what we do to, those steps are something that we want for our own personal gain. We have to learn to filter those messages, those steps, hallelujah. And I, and I would venture today to say this, that to many preachers, if they would have been there with Peter's time, I, I, I'm almost, I can tell you with confidence that many of them would have looked at Peter and said, why are you waiting to walk on the water? Why don't you just walk, Brother Lorenzo? Take a step. You're doubting God. That's why you don't want to do it. You don't want to step out by faith because you have unbelief in you. That's probably what they'd be saying if they were with Peter. Hallelujah. It would look like unbelief and no doubt if they would have been on the boat, they would have been saying, jump, Peter, jump. Take that step. Don't worry. God's, gonna, God's got your back. Take the step. Amen. 
But Peter didn't jump into the water until after he had waited upon the Lord and he had heard from him. And this is what I want you to be encouraged with. Hallelujah. God wants to bless you. He wants you to live a life in abundance. He wants you to be happy. But that only comes when our eyes are focused on him. Because if you're distracted by the waves, if you're distracted by everything you see, you're going to sink. Because if your eyes, if your vision is not on Christ, then it's on everything else. Hallelujah. And everything else, brother and sister, I'll tell you today, will not get you and yield the results that you need in your life to survive. Can you imagine many of you being out there with, with Peter and the apostles and Peter's asking that question? He's asking, can I walk on water? And maybe you're thinking to yourself, are you crazy? Because if you notice, they didn't recognize God at first. What did they think he was? A ghost. They didn't recognize him. He's coming on the water. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's a ghost. I better start praying. Like, really, start praying hardcore now. I'm going to turn around and start praying. Imagine if we would have been there. I mean, just put yourself in that situation. I think it's amazing to kind of just let your mind wander a little bit. I mean, we would probably be like, oh, God, God, where, where, where did Jesus go? Where did Jesus go? Like, where's Jesus at? Didn't he say he was around? Go get him. Hurry. Go get him. <laughs> you know, that's just the reality of the world we live in, right? That's the state of nature. Hallelujah. We see someone we don't know, we're automatically afraid of it. But you can't tempt Jesus. You can't jump out by faith and say, God, well, I'm going to do this anyways, and if you're my God, you're going to save me. Or I'm going to do this anyways, and if you're my God, you're going to bless this decision. Because that's going to take you nowhere. You remember the last time Jesus was tempted? Satan tried to get Jesus to fall into temptation. He said, by jumping, he said, jump off of this, this top of the pinnacle here. Jump off of this place. And, and, and won't the angels catch you? God didn't even waste time with that guy. God said, get out of here with that stuff. I believe he probably said that in his mind probably, you know, in our way of saying it. But God told him that Jesus, he says, it is not right to test the Lord thy God. You can't test God. You getting what I'm saying? Your faith can't test God. You can't be all trying to go and play Russian roulette with a gun and think that God's going to save you if you're playing Russian roulette with a gun. It doesn't work like that. You're putting God to the test. True faith waits on the Lord. True faith seeks the Lord. True faith stays focused on the Lord. Hallelujah. So then, then when the adversity comes and the devil comes on with his little knock on the door and says, hey, will you let me in? You'll be like, get out of here. I ain't got time. There's a shirt that says, not today, Satan. Right? I love that shirt. We need to get some for our church, by the way. I think those shirts are awesome. It's like, not today. Not forever, not anytime soon, because I know where my eyesight is. I know where my vision is, hallelujah. I know that as long as I'm connected to God and we make eye contact and I'm moving forward, no matter what happens around me, God has my back. Hallelujah. But we can't cherry pick. Everybody know what cherry pick means? It's when you go up to the tree and you're like, I like this cherry. I like this cherry. I, I don't like that one. That one looks, doesn't look too good. I want that one. Or, you know what, I want that apple. That one looks like a nice apple. We can't cherry pick God's blessings. Peter didn't say, God, if you let me come to you, how about we do it like this? I'm going to walk. You put the water. You make it super solid. Give me like 10 feet, and I'll meet you there, God. <laughs> Peter didn't say that. All Peter was concerned about is, God, can I come to you? 
That's it. That's all he wanted to know. God, will you allow me to come to you? Well, there's water there, Peter. I can hear the other apostles saying, there's water. I don't care. As long as I can get to him, I, put me wherever you need to put me. Hallelujah. And that's the kind of faith that we need today in today's society. We need a church that knows the faith of God that can go to somebody and say, I know God has a miracle in your life. Hallelujah. And they're going to be like, what are you talking about? You watch and see what God's going to do. You watch and see what's God. Well, I, I, are you sure? Are you sure it's the right person? Oh, I know it's you. Watch what God can do with your life. I said watch what God can do with your life. Hallelujah. We have to know that the faith that walks on water is the faith that waits on the Lord. Here's what I want to go to the next point. Faith, trust, and it obeys. Okay? Faith. Trust and obeys. When God commanded Peter to step out and walk on the water, a few things happened. Listen to me carefully. Number one thing that happened was Peter trusted God completely. Completely, okay? What, I, what do I mean by he trusted God completely? I mean that when he walked on the water, when he started walking on the water, he trusted God to know that whatever was happening underneath his feet was going to be taken care of. He trusted God. And then the second thing is, that he didn't allow fear to stop him at first, right? Because he actually took some steps. He started walking because his eyes were on Christ. And then the, the third part is he obeyed God. God told him to come. Did he not tell him? What did he do? He went. Because obedience is equivalent to faith. Do you obey God's word in your life? Or is it your own word? Do you obey what the written word says, or do you have your ideas and thoughts about what you think you should do? Because if you're truly obedient to the Lord, you'll be obedient to his word. This is how we live. This is our daily bread. The word of God is the daily bread. Why is it called the daily bread? Because it feeds us. Not physically, but spiritually. Amen? He trusted God. He didn't allow fear to stop him at the moment when he locked eyes with God. And though Peter walking on water shows us that God is more than willing. You know, God didn't have to do that. God could have been like, stay right there. I'll come to you. But he honored it because Peter asked with faith. Peter said, will you let me come to you, Lord Jesus? Do that to God. And God's all, come on. You got the faith? I got the checkbook. What do you need? Amen. You got the faith? I got the healing. What else do you need? You want some, you want some special blessings on the side of that too? Because I'll give you that. Just get to me. Get to me. God says, I am the provider, the Lord says. You know, here's one thing I will share with you. That when Moses led the children out of Egypt into the desert, into the promised land, you know, when God said, I'm taking you to the promised land, and they ended up in the desert, did you know that they didn't have much to eat? I mean, they didn't have, like, their own stuff they got, and they brought all their, they, you know, they lasted there for forever in that place, it seems like. But the bottom line is this, is that God provided for them. He didn't say, go to the desert. In the desert, I'm going to give you some manna, and then I'm going to give you at one point in time, like 10 years later down the road, I'm going to give you some, some quail so you can eat, and then I'll make sure you have some water. He just said, go into the promised land, and they got caught in the desert, and God still provided. So if you're here to thinking to yourself that God doesn't provide, you're completely, dis, you know, wrong. You're misunderstanding God's faith. 
Amen. Because the faith that walks on water is a faith that knows that God will provide. Hallelujah. And God, you have to know that God makes the way as we go. Because it wasn't intended for the Israelites to go to the desert. But since they ended up in the desert, God said, I'm still going to provide for you. Because I am the Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. I am your provider. I am your supplier. And God says, I will be with you as I had promised you. So he kind of makes the way as we go. So when you take those steps, you make a bad decision. You make a wrong choice. You, make, you get up in a mess. Guess what God says? He doesn't leave you out there completely. He says, since you put yourself in a situation, if you come to me, I'm going to work on this. We're not going to go the route that we should have gone, but I'm going to be with you. We're going to take you a different route. It's going to be a little harder. You're going to last a little bit longer, but you're going to get there. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith obeys God. The faith that walks on water trusts in the Lord and obeys him. And it puts no confidence in the flesh. When God allowed Peter to walk on water, we notice that Peter instantaneously did not hesitate. He didn't say, are you sure? Me? Are you sure, God? You sure it was me? Okay. Me? What about them 11 over here? As soon as God said, come, I'm gone. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm walking, man. I'm walking to God. He didn't ask for more details. He didn't need anyone else to, hey, can you give me a hand just to make sure I, I get on the water right? That didn't happen. He moved. Peter's request was, may I come to you? That is, he sought the Lord and focused on him. When God said, come, he said, I'm on it. I'm gone. Well, God's calling you today. You're not just sitting here listening to a message of a crazy preacher that gets loud every now and then. You're sitting here listening because God says, hey. I'm calling you. There's something greater in your life. Are you sure me? Yeah. <laughs> God's sure. There is a purpose that is on your life. You find yourself here because God has you here today. But if you're not careful, you'll hear a knock on the door. Tut, tut, tut. And you're thinking to yourself, what, who could that be? Distraction. Because the moment that Peter started getting distracted is when he lost his focus on God. What does the devil come to do? Distract you. Man, God, I've been going good. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And then guess what comes along? A big distraction. And then you, your waves, the waves of the, of the sea and the wind blow you so far off coast, you're barely even picking up your head at that time. Can, I, can we be real today? Hallelujah. Can I talk to some real people that know what it is to be in that struggle? Hallelujah. You thought you were started off on a good path. You had it going good. And then all of a sudden, you fall into life's distraction. Maybe it was the wind, one of life's influences that has taken you a different direction. Maybe it was a loss of the focus. Hallelujah. That loss of focus is life distractions. Hallelujah. Or maybe it was that you doubted. You had some unbelief. Hallelujah. And you didn't believe on God. Wherever it is that the enemy has taken you, I want you to know that that's just distraction get your eyes back on God get your eyes back to where you need to be because you will overcome hallelujah in the name of Jesus hallelujah you will overcome whatever has put itself up against you you will conquer it you agree with that there's giants in your life that you got to take down because they're distracting you from getting to the eyesight to getting to be able to see where God wants you but you got to believe you got to take that step. Hallelujah. God wants to bless you. 
He wants to love you. He doesn't want you to live in a state where you're like, I hate my life. I don't have anything to live for. It's always been bad. I have everybody that doesn't like me. That's not, that's not a victorious person. Somebody who knows, he says, you know what, you can think whatever you want to think about me. I know that God is greater. I know God is greater in my life. I know his purpose is greater. I know that no matter what comes my way, I might start drowning a little bit. I might got start sinking a little bit. But I know there's a God that rescued Peter, that picked him up out of the water, that's going to pick us up. Amen? Let us stand. Hallelujah. Faith that walks on water. You don't have to be offended by asking. Or let me just restate this. Our Lord, our God that we serve, doesn't get offended by what you ask him. He's not intimidated by how much you've sinned. He's not intimidated by what you think. He's not intimidated about how many, how much you think that he doesn't, you know, you're going to bring on burden. He's not intimidated by that. Our God is not offended by us asking. And he will respond to the prayers. He will respond. There's nothing that you can throw out there that's going to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that about you. He knows you more than you know yourself. But what he's looking for is are you willing to confess it? Are you willing to ask? Are you willing to say, God, I need you, God. Man, my life has been hard, God. Man, I've been through this, God. Man, I got some hurt in my, in my spirit that I can, I'm not dealt with. And God says, just keep your eyes focused. Hallelujah. Stay focused on me. Remember this. Peter's desire and request was to go to Christ, not to walk on water. Don't be amazed and wooed at the things that God can do. Be amazed with the God that can do those things. Amen. Don't sit there in amazement and be like, wow, God, you can heal, you can do this. How about you just get to God and know that he is God. And in the process, you'll start walking on water and you'll be like, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah, you've been walking on water this whole time. I didn't even realize it. Good. Keep looking at me. Keep focused on me, you know. His request was to go to Christ, not I want to walk on water. Walking on water is not about miracles. It's about drawing closer to Christ, about our personal lives. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes. Thank you.